This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control. And that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth, we let you be you. We're really lucky to chat to a whole host of experts on babybrunch.ca.za and today we're chatting to fund manager for Fed Health Medical Scheme. Dion Latachan is our guest on babybrunch.ca.za. I'm going to get straight into it because I have a lot of questions around medical aid and I thought let me save it for one podcast where we can find an expert that can answer literally all of them. I mean, starting with, I think the first, what is a medical aid or a medical scheme? I mean, what am I insured for? What am I signing up for? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Medical aids are insurance products, so, but it's a mutual insurance. So it's a pool of people that belong to a mutual insurance product. By paying into the pool, members are who belong to this mutual society, because remember, it's a non-profit organization, so there's no profit incentive, can then claim for healthcare needs, their future healthcare needs. In essence, it's, it's an insurance product, but you need to understand what the benefits are that you are paying your contribution for. And that's a big problem for most members. So let's talk about the structure of a medical aid. I mean, any, and not just FedHealth. What do you pay for every month? So I make a contribution to this medical aid or this nonprofit uh, organization that's going to help me in case something happens. What am I paying for? Your contribution, your monthly contribution in general, is split into two parts. There's the insurance part, which pays for risk benefits. And then there is the savings part. Now, what most people don't understand, and it's very important that people do, is that your savings, your, what people see what that pays for their day-to-day benefits, are actually a loan that the scheme gives you. It upfronts an amount to you, which you then repay um, on a monthly basis. But this is a rand-for-rand benefit. And this is what most people then fixate on. They look at the day-to-day benefits, whereas the real benefit that you are buying is the risk benefit, the in-hospital the catastrophe cover. You need to understand that your day to, even if you cut your day-to-day benefits out of your benefit structure and you fund it from your pocket, it's a rand-for-rand benefit. So if you have a thousand rand in your savings account, that's a thousand rand benefit, but you pay a thousand rand for that. Okay. So let me ask you this way. So if I'm going to shop for a medical aid, Am I right in saying that you should actually be looking at the hospital benefits or like you called it, catastrophe insurance? Is, is that what you're looking for? You should actually strip that out if you want to, if you want to compare benefits mm-hmm. because that is really what, where the scheme is adding value in terms of managing that risk. The day-to-day benefit is not being managed. It's a simple savings account. It's right. The scheme upfronts an amount to you, you fund it over a 12-month period. There's no risk management in there. All right. And that is what most people, when you talk to people, they say, well, my medical scheme is finished by March. No, it's not finished. It is your savings that has run out. The actual risk continues for the full year. 
right. the thing that you actually want. Underwriting principles, what does that even mean? I mean, I, I see this word on a contract, on an ad. What is underwriting principles? Are you writing us off? <laughs> <laughs> no. What happens, because it's an open, the scheme cannot refuse a member to join. The scheme cannot risk rate a member. There's very limited ability for a scheme to, to say to a member, we're not going to fund some pre-existing condition. Therefore, the Act allows two basic underwriting principles. So the scheme can impose a three-month general waiting period and a 12-month condition-specific waiting period. So what this means is if you join as a new member, the scheme can apply these rules. Firstly, they say, have you been on another medical scheme in the last 90 days? If you haven't been, then the scheme can impose a three-month general waiting period and a 12-month condition-specific waiting period for any treatment that you received in the 12 months prior to joining. And the scheme will even exclude prescribed minimum benefits. So for the first three months of joining, if you haven't been on a medical scheme for 90 days, the scheme will pay nothing not a, a single benefit. And they will also exclude any pre-existing condition you had in the 12 months prior to joining. If you have been on a medical scheme, so you switch from a discovery to a fed health, and you have less than a 90-day break, then the scheme can either impose a three-month or a 12-month, depending on how long you were on your previous medical aid. And that's underwriting. So it is a, a, a way in this, that the scheme can limit its exposure to bad risk. So okay. people anti-selecting against the scheme. Is it, is it a form? Are you penalizing us? Is it a... No. I'm, you see, the scheme is a mutual society. Mm. So I've got a group of people that belong to the scheme. Now I have a new person joining with maybe being pregnant as a, as a good example. So you, you didn't belong to a medical scheme. You find out that you're pregnant and now you wish to join. All schemes are going to exclude that pregnancy for a 12-month period. Your question should be, but why would I then join a medical scheme if I'm pregnant? The real reason you would do that is because you want your child, your unborn child to be covered. Even though the scheme will exclude the pregnancy and the delivery, when the child is born, the child is born onto the scheme, and the scheme cannot exclude anything relating to the child. So am I right in saying this is the case with FedHealth, though? So I just want to retell it to you so that I can understand. I personally now am pregnant, hypothetically, and I have not been on a medical aid I want to sign up now as a pregnant woman, but even though my delivery won't be covered, the baby will still be on medical aid when the baby is born. Absolutely. That is the reason why you should join, even though the scheme excludes your pregnancy. But you, you also have to appreciate that from a scheme perspective, this is anti-selective behavior by you because you, you didn't belong to a medical scheme, but now that you not contracting a condition, but full, full pregnant, you now want to join to have the benefits. And the scheme has to be protected against this type of behavior. Well, seeing that we're talking about being on a medical aid while being pregnant and having baby covered, there's a lot of talk around 
natural birth is cheaper. Have the baby natural, <laughs> you know, or no, do this either. You want the, you want the anesthetist and the anesthetist is covered. What does the scheme pay for and, and what does it exclude? I mean, I, I, I'm pregnant. I've been on the scheme for a while with my family or with my husband or partner and I want to have my baby. I'm planning a natural birth, but I would probably have a cesarean. What happens? <laughs> we have a problem with regards to cesarean sections in South Africa. Our rate on fed health is probably at about 65 to 67% of all deliveries are cesarean. A first world country like Britain are sitting at about 21% right. of all deliveries are cesarean. So it is a big cost driver in the scheme and we try and incentivize women to, to have natural deliveries, but there's no restriction. On some of the lower options, there is co-payments to try and disincentivize, but on most of our options, there is no co-payment. A lady can go for a cesarean section uh, without any restriction. What do we do in the case of, and I mean, we, we've done many podcasts with, with same-sex parents and uh, obviously our ladies, they carry the baby, but we've had, we've had two dads who have a surrogate. What to do? When does the surrogate go on medical aid? And do we, do we take her off eventually and keep the baby on medical aid? What do you do in a case like that? What if the dads are on the medical aid and they want the surrogate to deliver? What, what would you do in a situation like that? So there's no difference between a same-sex partner or any other um, couple. The, the principles will be exactly the same. So if a, if a let's say, a same-sex couple have a surrogate to carry the baby, the surrogate would have to be on medical aid mm -hmm. in their own right. The same principles would apply underwriting would apply and the baby would be born onto the mother's medical aid if right. the mother's on medical aid right. and would only come onto the parents medical aid once the they have legally adopted the child right right so then the surrogate will stay with the baby on the medical aid uh until it one would always advise that because if there's a complication with a birth or something goes wrong, this is where probably some of our biggest single expenses are is with neonatal um, complications. Okay. So you wouldn't want to sit with that situation. So the surrogate would have to be a member of a medical aid in her own right. And one would want, if it was me, I would want the baby to be on that mother's medical aid for a period after the birth mm -hmm. that you can have uninterrupted transfer to the parents' membership once the legal adoption is done. So we've now covered that any time is the right time to join a medical scheme because you want to be insured and be part of this group of people that care about each other. What are PMBs? PMBs is prescribed minimum benefits. So these are a list of 270 conditions, hospital-based care, and 25 chronic conditions that each medical aid in South Africa, in order to be registered, they have to cover 
the diagnosis, treatment of all these conditions at cost. That's in short what prescribed minimum benefits are. They, they all talk about savings. When do I get to, because we just want free stuff, right? <laughs> when, when do I get to save? I, I want to save 10% and 25% and, and 100% if I could. But when does the saving on contributions come, come in play? The medical aid is a big expense. It's probably after that, your house your, and your car, your biggest single expense that you have on a monthly basis. And very necessary. Absolutely, but it is a grudge purchase, yes. especially if you're someone like you that is fairly young, that do not see the value in what you are paying for. You are paying this huge contribution and you are not, not claiming. And that's why people sort of fixate on their day-to-day benefits because that's the part that they see. I mean, you go to the dentist, you go to the GP, and that is what you experience as your medical aid. But in essence, that's actually a very small portion of what you are buying. Now, what we have done, we've seen that affordability is a big issue with especially the younger people. We have built in choice into Fed Health in order for you to make it and select an option that can save you on this big contribution that you're making. We've, in essence, got two options for the member to choose from. The one is that you restrict yourself to a hospital network. And it's a fairly extensive hospital network of about 110 hospitals all over the country. And in exchange for you saying, I'm willing to, if I have an elective procedure, that is something where I go to the doctor, he says, "Mm, I think we need to cut this out. We need to book you into hospital. It's not an emergency. If you are willing to then restrict you to the list of network hospitals, you can have a 12% decrease in your contributions. Now, 12% is fairly significant. Then you have a second option where you have enough money, and a lot of people have fairly not enough, not a lot. (laughs) You You are willing to pay the first 12,000 rand of your hospital event. Remember, this is an elective hospital event. This Mm. is not a car accident or a heart attack Mm. or something like this. You go and you say, you've got this wonky knee and we need to operate on your knee. That's not, that's an elective procedure. If you say you're willing to pay the first 12,000 rand of this, you can get a 25% discount on your contribution. Now, that is huge. On a, we worked out on an average family, on our biggest option, that can work up to 27, 28,000 rand a year that you save. And in exchange, what you're saying is that if you go to hospital, you're willing to pay the first 12,000 rand. If you can save 27,000 rand a year, that's three hospital events and you're still ahead. And you can take out gap cover to cover the, the co-payment, this 12,000 rand. So it's possible. What the thing is here, people don't want to think about their medical aid. They pay it, they have a grudge about it, and they don't want to think about it. But one should be. Mm. One should be thinking about your medical aid. How can you structure it? Especially in the financial times and the financial constraints that we have now. You can save a lot of money without compromising your health care by thinking about your medical aid, by considering a Fed Health, which gives you all these options for 
managing the financing of your healthcare. Because it's, it's not health funding anymore, it's health financing. Huge monies that you're paying on a monthly basis, but you need to think about it. I want to ask this only because it, it happened on personal experience and it's actually got very little to do with pregnancy, and, and, but it's got to do with health. We had a family member who, who cancelled her medical aid because she was very healthy. And what we didn't see coming is, is that three months later, she uh, was diagnosed with, with um, diffuse B lymphoma. By the time on government care, they had to do the test and get the results, she was already two weeks away from heaven, literally. Is it true that had she been on medical aid, the test to diagnose her would have been quicker? In all likelihood, yes. A lot of people have this problem that they're saying, you pay for PMB level of care, which is what I get in state in any case. So mm. why should I then be on medical aid? The difference is that you get PMB level of care in a private facility. And the state is, is overwhelmed at the moment. We all know what is happening there. And that is, that is the, the big difference. If you, if you need a knee replacement in state, you're probably going to wait two or three years. Whereas if you have a problem knee in the private sector, it can take a week to get the knee replacement. So that is why you're buying private health care. Can, can one upgrade any time of the year? Uh got a bit of money to spare, I want to change my, my what did you call it, health care? <laughs> That's a great question because it's a unique benefit that FedHealth has. If you, you decide in the beginning of each year what your circumstances are, what your health need, what you predict your health need is going to be for the following year, then in March you get the happy news that you're pregnant. On all other medical schemes, you now have to sit and wait out the rest of the year on the option that you chose on the 1st of January. Right. Fed says no. On a life-changing event, whether it's pregnancy, whether it's a diagnosis of a dread disease, the scheme allows you within 30 days of the diagnosis to upgrade to any option in the scheme. Now, on pregnancy, that's, that's fantastic. Another where, where people don't realize this is if you get diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. So if you're young and you now have a diagnosis of cancer, there is very expensive medication, which is not PMB level of care, um, mostly biologicals, which in breast cancer, you've got Herceptin, for example, as a biological, where it's not covered on lower options. When you get diagnosed, you now on Fed Health, at all times, you have unlimited cancer care because the highest option offers unlimited care. And once you're diagnosed, you can upgrade. So you don't have to pay that exorbitant premium because that is not your risk profile at this stage. You're young and healthy. But these unforeseen things can happen. And Fed Health allows you to then upgrade when this happens to you. What is gap cover? I mean, I don't have it. So gap cover, gap is an insurance product. So it's not part of the medical scheme. Most insurance companies offer a gap product. You pay a monthly premium. It's not hugely expensive. We're talking about 200, 250 rand a month. Mm -hmm. And what you're insuring yourself for is the difference 
between what a healthcare provider charges you and what the scheme pays for a particular procedure. So for example, your gynecologist charges 300% of the scheme rate mm. for his procedures or consultations. The scheme only pays 150% right. of the scheme rate. You put in a claim to your GAP provider, and it could be anyone, Sunlum or Mutual. There's a lot of GAP products out there. And the provider will then pay you the difference. Pay you. not the, They're not allowed to pay the provider. The insurer will pay you the 150% difference into your bank account. This would also apply to, to co-payments that applies to certain procedures. Mm. The insurer, obviously terms and conditions apply, it's an insurance product, but you have, say, a co-payment on removal of wisdom teeth of 4,000 rand. You would then put a claim into your GAP provider and the GAP would then pay you, you the 4,000 rand. I know everyone has thought this through, but why, why does GAP exist then? Why is my, my health scheme not paying the full amount? And why is the doctor not dropping fees in order to... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. The schemes are forced to pay for prescribed minimum benefits in full at 100% of cost. Most of your procedures, most of the things that you can go in for is a PMB. The schemes have to contain cost. Remember, it's, it's there for the benefits of all the members. So the trustees have the responsibility to ensure that they do it as cost effectively as possible. You can't have an open checkbook and say, this is a PMB provider, you can charge whatever will you like, we're going to pay this. The schemes contain costs by putting networks in place, by putting designated providers in place. In addition to the, the PMB, so if you have a PMB condition, so if you're pregnant, you will always have the option to have it funded and in full. Mm. You might have to go to a certain hospital, you might have to go to a certain provider. Right. But the scheme, if you make the right choices in terms of the rules, mm -hmm. every PMB will be funded in full. But there's a lot of conditions that are not PMB. There, the scheme then puts a limits in place, puts uh, rates that they would pay. The insurance companies then saw a gap here, no pun intended, <laughs> and developed a product that would sit on top of the medical scheme benefit and cover those, um, those gaps in the payment of certain procedures. Or remember my decide, I'm not, I'm not want, I don't want to make use of your network. Instead of the fund then paying for it in full, there's a co-payment, which the gap then picks up. Terms and conditions apply. You need to go and read your policy. Can a medical aid be linked to a loyalty program? Or is there, is there a benefit if I've been well for three years and I haven't claimed? Or I'm in hospital and I have a well baby who behaves and doesn't even want to sleep amongst the children and she's with me the whole time. I don't mean, do, do I get money back or do I save or do my savings accumulate? You know, is there... Yeah, there's a few questions in there. <laughs> it's all to do with money. It's all to do with getting money back. Okay. <laughs> so let's deal with the first one about you being a good claimer. Yeah. Um, in the past, historically, there was 
no claim bonuses, which is not allowed in terms of the Medical Schemes Act anymore. Right. In terms of the whole social solidarity of a medical scheme, that is really what we expect of our younger members, to claim less, because we've got the older members that are claiming a lot more than what they're contributing. You subscribe to this philosophy by joining a medical scheme, or, or you should, that I know I'm paying too much now, but I know at some stage I'm going to claim much more than what I pay. Right. And, and that is why you belong to the medical scheme. Um, so, no, there's, there's never going to be a no-claim bonus or a refund because that, that goes against the whole philosophy of, why we, of how we structure uh, this, this vehicle because it's there for the benefit of the group as a whole. With regards to loyalty programs, a scheme cannot have a loyalty program. It is generally run by some parent company or some insurer, and we all know the ones that are out there. And those are the bells and whistles. Those are, they are put in place for the younger, healthier person that don't see value in their medical scheme to try and create this perception that I'm getting value out of my medical scheme. So it gets closely linked in name, um, especially, to the medical scheme, but it's not part of the medical scheme. It's not part of that core, if you dissect the scheme to see what you're really paying for and what you're getting, that is not part of the scheme and will never be. Is there a difference and is it cheaper, perhaps, to instead of belonging to a medical aid, you say to yourself, you know what, I've got all this money, I'm just going to take out a hospital plan, I've got some money to put away, so I'm going to open an endowment or some savings products, or instead of health insurance, I'm just going to keep my money in the bank and not give these people my contributions every month. And therefore, I will... <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what we are trying to do with FedHealth. But let's just get the terms straight. So you've got a medical aid, which we've been discussing now for a while. Yes. Then you've got hospital plans. Mm -hmm. And a hospital plan is nothing more but your medical aid with the day-to-day -day stripped out. Okay. There's, there's no difference. So it's, it's the risk portion of your medical aid. So if, if you buy a hospital plan, you're just saying, I don't want any day-to-day. -day. Mm. And, and that is what, what FedHealth is trying to do. For someone like you who's saying, you know, I understand savings. I understand that I'm putting this money in there, whether I need it or not. I'm actually taking this loan in the beginning of the year, which is my savings, and I'm repaying it over the year. And the, the, the problem with that is, like my wife, when she gets to the pharmacy and the claim goes through, she never questions it as long as it gets paid mm. because it just comes off savings automatically. And, and that, is a, that is a problem. We need, we need people to start questioning their day-to-day -day expenses again. Mm. People are, don't have that luxury. So you're sitting with an amount of money in your savings and it just automatically, you get a script from your doctor, you never question it because it just gets paid. And rather take that money, which is, let's say, 12,000 Rand your savings, which you think is your day-to-day, -day, put it in your bank account or an endowment and fund it yourself. When you have a script, you pay for it. And then you'll question it. 
you know, is this really necessary? Mm. Is this, do I need all this medication? Do I need headache pills again? Absolutely. You have some at home or you, you still have the augmentum from last time's uh, uh, <laughs> antibiotics that you got. But no, the doctor said, here's another, another bottle. So let's take it home. And it just accumulates in your, in your uh, medicine cabinet. I wouldn't drink to... augmentum that's been in the fridge for long. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear, no, but I hear what you're saying that that when it comes from your own pockets, instead of your hospital savings, we're more likely to question it because it's it's actual cash that comes from your pocket. But in that case, you would recommend a hospital plan because that's necessary. I mean, you you used a, a great term which is called um, ca catastrophe insurance, right? Yes. You would advise a hospital plan in that case. Absolutely. Every medical aid out there is a hospital plan with day-to-day -day attached. Mm. So you can, you can strip it out. All that we've done in FedHealth is to say we've detached the two. All our big options are actual hospital plans, and you can decide how you structure your day-to-day. -day. Mm. But what we didn't speak about is these um, hospital insurance plans that you get. That is something totally different. Right. It doesn't fall under the Medical Schemes Act. So it doesn't pay actual cost. It will pay for a certain number of days in hospital. And people buy that under the misconception that they're actually covered. Wow. But if you look at these ads, they, you have like a thousand rand a day or two thousand rand a day. I mean, that will not even fund a half a day in hospital. Mm -hmm. I mean, a hospital event, a normal not even an emergency ward can cost you 15,000 rand a day. And people take out these hospital insurance that pays 1,500 rand a day, and they think they are covered. I mean, it's dangerous. It, it creates this, this misconception, this, this false sense of security mm. under people. At least I've got some cover. But in essence, they have no cover. Wow. To summarize, Dion, if I have signed up for a medical scheme, I'm a woman, I don't know what my baby is protected, insured for, I now know what myself and my spouse, my partner, what we're insured for. Um, just quickly, breast cancer and the likelihood of um, getting cancer. What, what could someone or an organization or a group like FedHealth, what could you do for someone like me? So you need to, obviously breast cancer is a prescribed minimum benefit. So it has to be covered in full. The treatment, the diagnosis, treatment and care of this condition. The big issue with it is that being a prescribed minimum benefit does not mean, only means that the scheme has to cover you for prescribed minimum benefit level of care. Now, prescribed minimum level of care is the care that you would have received in a state facility. You might be on an option on a medical scheme that says they'll fund your, your um, breast cancer 100% at PME level of care. That could leave you with a serious shortfall if your doctor prescribes a biological, for example. It is hundreds of thousands of rands that your shortfall could be. If you were to join a Fed Health, for example, you could be on our FlexiFed 1 option, which is our lowest option. 
and you get diagnosed with breast cancer. The chances that you're going to use, have to use a biological is fairly, fairly significant. But now you have the option within 30 days of being diagnosed to choose any option within FedHealth. The fact that you are on a particular option in FedHealth, right. well, the fact that you're on FedHealth means that, that for cancer, you actually have access to the highest treatment that we have available because you just need to make that choice. It's all about your choice. You now know that even though you're sitting on our lowest option, if you get diagnosed with breast cancer tomorrow, heaven forbid, then within 30 days, you can go to our top option with unlimited cover. Mm. And you know you have that peace of mind. It's actually like saying you can be on the lowest option but have the best benefit that FedHealth, the best cancer benefits that FedHealth can offer at your choice. That peace of mind is just priceless, I believe. Everyone is talking about coronavirus and that most of us in South Africa will encounter someone with it or even have it. What are we covered for when you contract the virus and are we covered for treatment? First of all, uncomplicated coronavirus, which is what the majority of people will get, um, is not a prescribed minimum benefit. So it is the, in theory, the diagnosis, treatment of, and care of uncomplicated coronavirus infection, which is, would be similar to flu, is treated as a flu. Should it complicate? That means you get a pneumonia. What? A pneumonia is a PMB and normal scheme benefits would apply. Okay. So if you get sick, if you get seriously sick, the normal scheme benefits would apply. Then the question is, of course, what about testing? The problem with, with the testing is that you get tested today. Currently, it takes 48 hours to, for your result. And your status could actually theoretically have changed during the 48 hours. You could have been in contact with a, another person. And once you get your results, it's your result at this day, today. So if, let's assume you, you're negative. You could be positive two days from now. Mm. So, and the test is fairly expensive. It's currently running at about 1,400 rand a test. The scheme's position is currently that if you get tested and you are positive, the scheme will fund the cost of the test. If it is negative, it will fund out of your normal day-to-day. -day. And, and that's also to prevent all of us running to because we, we, just, we just want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> At this stage, I am, I am recording my podcasts from my home. <laughs> You're just being as safe as, as possible. Lastly, I want to know, Dion, is there anything that one needs to look out for? You know, everyone on the street wants to be a broker or financial planner. Uh, they know the fine print. Did you know that you can... You can get a biokineticus and actually get some gym sessions through your medical aid. If you, if you just hurt your foot and you tell them that it, you know, there's always some, I don't know, loophole in any system with rules. And, and we want to know about them up front so that we as moms and dads can benefit from them. Is there anything we need to know as, as people planning for a baby 
uh, as people who are carrying a baby that have had their baby. Is there, is there anything that I have left out that you know as someone from Fed Health that could, be, that could benefit us? What is important is that you need to understand what you've bought. And, and that, I know it's difficult. The scheme rules are complicated. It is convoluted. It is, but we need to, we've in the past not taken responsibility for our medical schemes. It's just been something you paid and you hope it paid when, uh, when something happens to you. But we need to start understanding our schemes. We need to start interacting with our schemes. We need to start taking responsibility because it's not going to get cheaper. Mm. On the contrary, it is going to get more and more expensive. And affordability is currently one of our key factors in people choosing an option. It's not about actually what the option offers. It's all about reassurance and peace of mind. You need to, you need to understand what you're buying. And, and if you understand, you you'll be comfortable in, in your choice. I know affordability is our biggest problem currently. Mm. We, it's the number one question being asked, what can you offer me for this price? Rather than, this is my healthcare need, um, what is this going to cost? Mm. So going forward, we've, we, our whole philosophy with FedHealth for the last year has been to allow members choice to allow members to structure their own medical aid, to decide, am I willing to make use of a network? Am I willing to to pay the first 12,000 rand? Do I want day-to-day benefits? How much day-to-day benefits do I want? But our challenge has been to get people to understand this, to get people to grasp that this is now their choice. People are so used to not making a choice, just choosing an option. Now they have the ability to structure their own medical aid, to decide what should my medical aid look like. And your medical aid on FedHealth can look totally different from the 70,000 other members on FedHealth. You have that ability. So our challenge for, for this year is to get that message effectively across to members, for members to understand that they have this choice. It's in their hands. What is Fed Health planning for, for 2020? And I can hear that it's something that you're really passionate about. And I mean, I've, I've learned something today. And the one thing that I've learned is this question, you know, we, we talk a lot about financial wellness and how to make sure that you are financially successful. And we always speak to the fact that you don't need to earn a lot of money to be financially successful. It's just how you structure your lifestyle and your medical aid and your insurance and, you know, going to the dentist, how to pay your car. So even I've learned something today because believe it or not, the one thing that I haven't questioned was my medical aid. I've questioned everything else. (laughs) One thing I haven't, I haven't questioned or read up about or made sure that I'm on the right plan that actually works for my family even though I am a fed up member, is my medical aid. Because chances are, you know, I don't have a wonky knee. I might as well save the money that you've just offered to me. What, mm-hmm. what are you planning for, for 2020? We had a huge change in our medical aid structure beginning of last year, where we've introduced all this choice. What we have found is that members are very reluctant to, to make these choices. Members are very distrustful of these changes. 
And in essence, we didn't change anything. You can structure with the current product structure, your medical aid in FedHealth exactly the same as any other medical scheme in South Africa. It's, it's, got, it's given you that choice. So our challenge for this year is to, how do we get that message across to our members? How do we make our members understand that they have this choice in their hands now? They can save thousands of rands, literally thousands of rands on their medical aid for very little effort. The effort is understanding your medical aid. Well, Dion, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I think there's a lot in life that if we just understand that we're not just going to save money, but we might as well save lives as well. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Dion Latachan on behalf of Fed Health today. Is there anything else you want to add? No. <laughs> check out fedhealth.co.za. And for other amazing podcasts, check out babybrunch.co.za. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility, and control. And that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth, we let you be you.